Are you a self-published author needing more sales? Let's talk about momentum advertising for authors. If you'd rather be writing your next book instead of taking marketing classes, or roping your cousin's girlfriend into handling your social media ads, get Community Authors' latest service. They do all the work to get your book noticed. Find out more on their weekly information sessions that are free if you go to their website, communityauthors.com. I'm telling you, this exclusive program is a great opportunity. Their clients are really partners at Momentum Advertising for Authors, so be sure to tell them that Christy and Kathy from GOB sent you. Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Amelia Namark. Her book, Behind the Lie, which I have right here, love. And it's behind me. Yes. It was so good. It's her um, follow-up novel. It's the second in a series, and it's such a great read. I know. I can't wait to talk to her about just about everything. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. So let's get into it. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Amelia before we get started talking with her. Um, She is the author of the novels Hide in Place and Behind the Lie, as well as numerous short stories. She was born in a country that no longer exists. I'm very curious Mm. about that. She escaped with her parents, lived in Italy for a bit, and ended up in New York, which promptly became a love and a muse, which should be New York's tagline, by the way, I think. (laughs) She has a particular fascination with psychological thrillers, crime, and suspense, all the dark stuff, just like us. And that's what Mm -hmm. she writes. Uh, When not writing, Amelia works as a visual artist and reads massive quantities of psychological thrillers, (laughs) suspense, and crime fiction. She lives in the Hudson Valley with her family. I'm going to read you a very particularly good impression of her work from Publishers Weekly. It's a starred review. It says, Namark hits the rhythms of small town life perfectly and maintains tension by alternating perspectives. Lisa Unger fans will have to want to take a look. Yes. yes. And we like, we are Lisa Unger fans too. We love Lisa Unger. (laughs) She's on the show. So Amelia, it's very nice to have you with us today. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I know. So we took a little detour because right now we always talk about the wine, but today we are not drinking a wine. Well, actually Kathy's drinking a wine still. She'll tell you about that. But we are drinking, Amelia turned us on to this refreshing beer, which is um, Pilsner Urkel. So let's have a sip because she said it's very refreshing. <laughs> it's a perfect summer. Mm. It's a perfect summer beer. I love your big mug too. I do too. <laughs> I know. You, you, you have to drink, you have to drink your Pilsner out of a liter. Okay. <laughs> You know what? This reminds me of like a cafe in like Europe or something. It must be very common beer over there too. Oh, it's like the best thing to drink it while you sit at a cafe and have a little basket of something. Where is um? Where is it made? It's in the Czech Republic. Really? Yeah. It. 
So it says it's in the same brewery using the same recipe for over 175 years. Yeah. Wow. Today, we still use traditional methods like triple decoction and parallel brewing in wooden lagering barrels. No idea what that means, but it sounded like how we talk about wines. Oh, yeah. So it's tasty. Good choice. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm kind of jealous. You're sticking with wine. I am sticking with wine. I could not get that in my little local area. But I went with a red blend from California. It's one of the Naked Wines. Christy and I have just recently started ordering wine from nakedwines.com. And this one is called Wine with Heart. Daryl Rex Groom DRG. And it is very nice. So we're all having very nice drinks today. Yes. For this yes. great conversation. Well, let's get started in some questions. I'm excited. So um, let's talk a little bit for everybody who, who is new to the series. Let's talk about the series a little bit so they kind of know what we're talking about. So this is number two, Behind the Lie. Which I do like this cover. We always talk about the oh, covers yeah. and I how cool the they are. And I don't know. This one's cool, too. I love all the reflection. and Yeah, I do, too. It's funny because it's blurred. The front cover is blurred by Hank Philippi Ryan. But I was going to say that this reminds me of Hank's covers, kind of. It just has that. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought so, too, I, um, when I saw it. And I, I thought, you know what? It can't, can't, can't hurt. Can't go wrong. Right. <laughs> can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> She's doing oh, pretty good with her covers. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad career to emulate. Um, no. So this, this series um, deals with a former New York NYPD detective. Lainey Bird, who turned into a small town PI. She had kind of a bad, bad situation in New York and um, transitioned her life along with her son who needed a, a change. She's got some challenges up to a small town and she's turned into a PI, which I absolutely love that premise. In this book, they, this is the second, as we said, there's a neighborhood block party, right? which I just thought was a great premise. And I want to ask you about that because I know you mentioned in the acknowledgements that you kind of were saying thanks to all your neighbors <laughs> for the block party, but none of them are in this Yeah, book. I want to hear about her block, block parties <laughs> after this book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like reassuring them they were not in Yeah, <laughs> so the block party turns out poorly. <laughs> At least for some people. For some people, right. Right. And so and then it turns into this very exciting and suspense filled uh, race to figure out what's going on, protect her family, protect yourself. It's it's a great read. So and that doesn't give anything away. Right. Nope. You didn't give anything away. No, no. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Awesome description. <laughs> so I loved that this um, there's so much I want to talk to you about. But the first thing that struck me was a couple of the characters. Steph and Vera are from Russia and Ukraine. And I, I just, I would love to get your thoughts about your characters being from the place where the world is completely focused its attention on right now. Yeah, who knew, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably great timing as far as your book birthday a couple months ago, but hor just horrible to see what's happening in the news. So what are your thoughts about yeah. that? So the country that no longer exists that I was born in is the Soviet Union. And when I was oh. when I was born there and I grew up in it a little bit, I was a child when we left, Ukraine was part of it. So it was it was not its own country. And I'm gonna say that most Russians still think that way, including including Putin, but 
as far as they're concerned, it's just, you know, it's like Florida. The Ukraine is where you go for your summer vacation. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's where your grandparents live and you live in, it the, is in like Florida. Like Moscow. What? It is and like Florida, Florida is a little bit like a different country sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. So when I write, I can't get away from that culture. And both in the first book and in the second book, um, my my baddies are Russian. And that's because <laughs> No, they're just, they lend, the culture lends itself so, so easily to, to crime that I, I just, I, I go there. Um, and even in my short stories, I end up having my, um, you know, like, even like off page uh, mob criminal types be Russians, just because I feel like it's what, it's uh, what they are. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you say that. That is so. Um, yeah. So, it, when you lived in the Soviet Union, like what part of the Soviet Union did you live in? Yeah. So I was born in Moscow. Oh. Uh, but my family is Jewish. So the 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 Russians are incredibly not not only are they anti-Semitic, they're anti any they're like incredibly just racist all around. So. When, when I say that, like, when I think of Russians being behaving badly and, and the Russian culture lending itself well to crime, I, I literally mean the Russians. <laughs> I yeah. don't mean, because wow. there's such a separation and every, like, if you were born there, there's a really big separation between a self uh, knowledge of yourself as a, as either you're, you're either a Russian ethnically or you're a, a Jewish person person ethnically or you're like Georgian so there's this incredible separation everywhere and um but but having said that Ukrainian is kind of Russian (laughs) because like I said they kind of think culturally that they come the Russian culture kind of came from there to begin with um as actually did my family back in the day but okay we're having a little history (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah yeah so you, Anyways. but when, how old were you when you left? Um, so the I was, uh, I was eight when oh, we wow. left and it took, it took a while. Cause you couldn't just like get on a plane and come to America. You had to, we were refugees. Um, and we had to go and we, we were stateless. We did not belong to any country for a while. And we kind of waited in Italy and lived in Italy until some country gave us an entry visa. And uh, I mean, we could have ended up in Canada, we could have ended up in any, any num- like New Zealand, Australia, any any place. Though. And uh, we, I, I'm so lucky that I ended up in New York, because I, I, I just think New York was the best place oh. for me. To end up. It was just perfect. Well, I just so, there's New well, York's we're uh, glad you're here too and we're and yeah. amazingly we're really glad but amazed that you've written in english when your first language wasn't english i mean that's yeah i made i made a really uh concentrated effort when i came here as a child to to fully fully speak english and you know, lose, lose the accent. I don't think I completely lost the accent. I mostly lost it, but I, I do actually have a pronounced New York accent. Yeah, well, I heard it. 
when you said pronounced, I heard it. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your sharing your feelings on and your and your background and history about I I I've been reading and, and trying to learn as much as I can as I think most Americans are, but when you describe the relationship between Russians and Ukrainians and US, that's so incredibly nuanced, more nuanced than I ever can imagine. And so that's so valuable. Um, it is, it, it's, it's crazy, it's yeah. crazy. And I have to say when I was writing it in my mind, I, I guess being you know culturally Russian, Russian mm-hmm. back in the day, in my mind, you know, you the Ukraine is kind of Russian. So there, even though my my characters one is is Russian and one is Ukrainian, yeah. in my mind they're kind of the same. Because, right. Wow. And honestly, we, it probably would have not. I wouldn't have n- noticed them yeah. as different either, as American and as a reader except for what's going on in the news now. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, look, here we have it. <laughs> but but also like I had to do a lot of math when I was doing it because I wanted to make sure that they were born. Like when were they born? Were they born when it broke up before? Like I had to like go through all that. <laughs> I, the only thing I have in, um, possible to compare to your experiences that I was able to visit East Berlin the year before um, the wall came down in Germany. Me too. And Me too. I was there the year that you're the year before. Yeah. No. I, how how crazy is that? Did you yeah. go through Checkpoint Charlie? Yes. Yeah, I yes. did too. And it was a for for me. It was an extraordinarily um, vivid experience. I was only sixteen at the time, but I it was such a remarkable visit. I agree because. You know, by that time I had lived in, you know, I was, I was an American citizen at that point already. I was uh, 18 or 19, something yeah. like that. And, it, you know, you go from like the full color and the, and the everything of, of West Berlin. Right. Vibrancy. Also, Berlin is so vibrant. By, yeah. And then it's just so, gray. Just gray. And you had to exchange, you were forced to exchange like so many marks. Yeah. Right? Like. 10 Deutsche marker. I don't even, I have no idea what it was. Yeah. You, there was nothing to spend it on. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when we, and we, I bought like, I'm like, okay, let's eat. So we eat and like, okay, we still have a, a ton of this. And then right. I'm like, let's, let's get a drink. And then we still had a ton. Of, I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy some books. And then I still had a ton of them. I know. And I'm like, and as we were leaving, I'm like, we still have all that. I'm like, let's just give it to somebody. So we, we like came up to a young woman. We're like, here, we have all these marks. Why don't you take them? We can't take them out of here. We, there's nothing to spend them on. And she's like, no, I'm trying to get rid of my own. I'm also a tourist. <laughs> well, because the, their valuation, Christy, was so incredibly off. Mm-hmm. And what year was that? Do you remember what year it was? 19, 1985, I think, for me. Or 1984. Oh, no, because we were there, like, literally, like, oh, right yeah. beforehand. So it was 18... 89 I think yeah. 89 is 89. when the wall came down and we were there. Oh, the okay. That's like so the crazy. Before it went down, you know. Okay, so let's get back to your book. And we're so glad. And by the way, anybody who is sick of the news and sick of Russians, Russians are baddies in <laughs> Amelia's book. So that will make you feel good. You should buy the book and get that out. It's so entertaining. It's a really good book. So to, I mean, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad it was entertaining to write. So I'm it, glad that came through. Oh, it, I mean, it's a, it's truly a, a definition of a page turner. You're like, I, I really need to get some sleep, but yet I want to read more. Mm-hmm. 
I love how your book, a lot of it is just family. It keeps coming back to family for me. That was my takeaway. Was that intentional? Am I off base or is that where you're wanting to go? No, you're completely on target because I feel that family is really, family is the thing that drives, I think, pretty much most adults in one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're either, you either want to, if you're a mother, you want to protect your children. For, mm-hmm. for example, if you're a child, maybe you want to get away from your parents, you know, or your <laughs> siblings. Family is just like the thing that is the most core part you know if you want to evoke any kind of emotion in the in the reader you go to family and there's going to be some kind of emotion there so um and I I kind of wanted to write about just women and how what it's like to just kind of be a modern woman in the first world right now I mean we have a lot of conveniences we have a lot of things that help us in our lives but there's so much, but there's also so much pressure, you know, there's pressure to mm-hmm. have, you know, if not a career, a job, because most households can't be sustained on, a, on one income. And then you've got kids and most families will have more than one. And so you can't, like, you just, you're just, it's, it's insane. And the, and the younger the kids are, the more crazy it is. And I've seen, you know, I've seen women who try to do it and they do it. But it's like, I remember, you know, going to a, like a little league game with my son and there was a, you know, a friend of mine and she had three, three kids. So her son was on there and like two others were like, she was there, but she had to take him somewhere else. <laughs> and she had a full-time, you know, high powered job. And she just had this like Kubrick stare, you know, like the, you know, the, the daddy's home here from the shining, you know, Jack Nicholson. She yes, had that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that. She had that. And and I'm like, that's 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 okay. what it's like. So so I kind of like I love writing about that. I love writing about because it's not just that we there's the pressures from the outside. There's like an internal pressure because obviously we all want to be the best moms and really good wives and we want to be rewarded at our jobs and be good at our job. And it's just, it's impossible. So I gave, I gave all the women in my book, these impossible goals and everyone fails. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is refreshing, frankly, yeah. instead of having them be like, I've got it all under control because of no, the right. that's No, <laughs> they don't have But I, I did control. like that about Lainey that she, you know, she had this, she had issues, family issues, vulnerabilities, but at the same time, you know, she was able to be professional. Like, you know, we always see, for some reason, women always completely fail at one or the other. She was just struggling at both, but she was able to keep it together, I think, better than most of them. (laughs) Well, because to me, that felt realistic. Yes. You know, I wanted to portray what to me felt a realistic relationship that she would might have with her with her kid right yep it was good good. if you're like us and enjoy a glass of wine nakedwines.com should be your next online stop you don't have to get naked but you can get six bottles of wine red white or a mix for only $34.99 plus free shipping that's a savings of $90 or you could get naked 
Either way, go to our <laughs> website, gameofbookspodcast.com for a coupon code. It's that easy. No commitments, no membership fees, just wine shipped to you direct from independent winemakers with a 100% refund guarantee. Go to gameofbookspodcast.com for the coupon code. Okay. I think this would be a perfect time to get to the question in a bottle, or in this case, in a Pilsner. We should have a question in the Pilsner, Christy. Hey, it comes in a bottle as well. <laughs> Amelia, this is a question that you might get to at the end of a, a, dr- a round of drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, oh, this is good. What is the weirdest food combination you enjoy? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Um, she's well, got a lot of different cultures to draw from it no i know but but what i'm gonna say is to me it's not weird but i know it's weird to others because i i did it at a party once and everybody around me got really quiet <laughs> and then like pointed at me and they were like I, so i put mustard on my corn i mean for some oh. reason people thought it was weird but oh that is weird I have i'm gonna say that's weird that before <laughs> What? Since it sounds butter? good to me because I really like mustard, but I love I mustard didn't... too. But on corn, like corn the cob, corn cob, and I just put like mustard on it, and it was like it was very tasty. Do you put butter and mustard or just no, mustard? No, just the mustard. Okay, I'm any particular kind of mustard, like Dijon or spicy, um, or I like the spicier, the better. Mm-hmm. Like if it had oh. horseradish in it, that would be. Oh like, my oh. gosh. That does sound good, though. It actually, see, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to try it. I am because we love. <laughs> I, I'm in the middle of the Midwest, so corn on the cob here is a staple for months. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna delve into try this. it at least one I time, am, right? Okay, Christy, what would yours be? I'm curious. Um, Since you okay. made me eat alligator last time I was there, I'm kind of curious. Oh what yeah, that. But that's normal down here. Um, <laughs> Well, there was at at one time um, I tried and and liked a peanut butter American cheese and pickle sandwich. That sounds pretty good. For some reason, that combination was good. I don't know why. Are you pregnant? No, no. It was like I was young. It was like an old boyfriend that did it. He was like, "Oh, oh this is it." I was like, "This is pretty good." Yeah, that's not for bad. reason. Uh, for reasons, I, I guess it's the salt or whatever. But I also do like to have soup for breakfast, and that turns yeah. people off a lot. But I love soup for breakfast. Hot soup or like cold soup? Hot soup. Hot soup. Like any kind of soup, but mostly like you know, chicken based, chicken broth based soup. I was <laughs> at your house when you you served us soup for breakfast, and I it. I didn't I serve have... it to you, did I? Well, we, we, we I did. probably uh, asked you. <laughs> I, I found it to be very comforting. I thought it was yeah. a very comforting little, bre- not much different than like a warm You know, old in old. Japan, like miso soup is pretty yeah. common for breakfast and stuff. And I would like that too. It's usually, it's not like usually the heavy, heavy soups. It's more like, I don't know. It's, it's my old chicken soup Polish background, I guess. <laughs> and was that after a night of drinking? Yeah, that's probably you know. No, I I mean any day I like it for breakfast, but I like it for every meal. I love soup. Kathy, what about you? What's your weird thing? Um, the first thing that came to my mind is that, and I I think this is kind of a a thing. I'm not alone. I like the combination of 
sweet and salty ice cream, like McDonald's ice cream and French fries. Like dip Ooh, that's the French fry in the ice cream. It's I have heard of that before. It's very good. Yeah. That's Ooh. I mean that's I, I like I mean I, I I love food. There's not much I don't like and I'm willing to try almost anything. So <laughs> I was like, I'll just try all of it. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Let's get back okay. to questions. Yes. Yes. Questions. Yes. I want I want to ask you about I want to ask you about your day job. Because you are a web developer and illustrator and which are very creative endeavors and you all, and you, I'm, do you still have this day job? Do you still do that? Oh yeah. 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 I still have it. Um, but I work from home so you can see my setup. Okay. <laughs> well, that was my other question. I was like working from home even before the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been working for home from home for about nine years, which was my goal for so long. I just mm. I wanted that's what I wanted because um, a lot of in my in my field, a lot of the work you you do most of it, like ninety five percent of it, in front of a screen. And when you meet, I mean, now you can have meetings, you know, via Zoom right, very Zoom. easily. But even before that, you could have team Teams, Microsoft Teams, or Google Meets or phone calls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like not really necessary for me to be physically present. So yeah. how did you become a writer? Oh, um, so I just, uh, I, I kind of, it felt like the most creative thing I could do is to be a writer. Mm. And I, I needed I needed that creative outlet that ultimately being a designer, you know, being a designer is a lot of fun and coding is actually very creative as well, but it's not, it's it, like writing is a very different thing. Writing, like reading transports you, but writing transports you times a thousand, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And uh, and once I started doing it, I thought, well, I just kept setting goal, you know, goals like, well, can I publish a short story? Okay, I can't, can I write a novel? And then eventually like, yes. Um, so that was, and how did you set up your day? Because, I mean, just I think a lot of people during the pandemic have found out what it's like to have to work at home and keep yourself motivated. But then there's so many writers that were like, well, I get home from work and then I, you know, start writing. Well, how do you turn off one job and then say, okay, now it's time to write? I mean... Yeah, that that's a good hard. question. It's a good question. I, I do need an interval because it all happens in the same space. So um, I when I stop work, there's usually like a two hour, maybe even a three hour interval where I go for a walk, we have dinner, we watch TV series. When my son was younger, there was always, always like driving him around and doing things. <laughs> that was done. Yeah. Nobody needed me anymore. <laughs> That's when the laptop came out and, you know. Wow. And so then you're I'm a nighttime writer. I'm a night. I'm a oh, night you're a night writer. I also work from home and I work on my day job and write in my same office. And I've often thought, I mean, I love my office. I, I love the space, but I've often wished I had a separate writing space because I tend to, I'm very, work is, is my priority when I'm in this room. And, and sometimes I have a hard time transitioning in the same room. Do you have that at all? Oh, yeah. I actually very rarely 
right in this room okay. for that for that reason because I associate it with other other things. But that's that's the beauty of having a laptop, you know. Yes, so <laughs> so I there's lots of times I'll write in the living room while my family's watching TV. I just have like these have these like noise canceling headphones, like the kind you wear when you mow the lawn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just I'm with them. I'm physically around them, which is nice. But I'm in my in my world. So. Wow, that's impressive um, focus yeah. that you can have ex you know external stuff, your family, and maybe TV on, and and still be able to focus. That's really impressive. I think yeah. it's like, you know, going to like a coffee shop or yeah. Oh, yeah. like, you know, so Brad Parks would be in a restaurant or something, you know, fast food and you can tune it out, you know, yeah. for exactly. whatever reason. I don't know why. I guess because same way when you read, you can tune things out. Exactly. Just... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So are there more of the um, books coming in the same series? Or are you working on something else? What's happening next? So I would I would love for there to be another book, um, but uh, I'm not sure yet. So. Okay, <laughs> very fair answer. Yeah. Okay, so before we go, we have one final question, Christy. So we ask all the authors this. Okay, so which of your characters would you like to share a meal with, and what would it be? We've talked a lot um, about food already, so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So. I actually know that you ask your authors because <laughs> I've been I've been listening. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> um, and I, my first thought was going to be Lainey because I kind of based her a little bit on my husband, so she has a lot of his personality traits. You know, she's very down to earth. She likes beer, so I know I'd be. I'd be <laughs> she has a sense of humor that I enjoy. Um, but like, if I went out to dinner with her, we'd be having like pub food. Mm -hmm. So if like a meal is more important, I'm I'm thinking I might go with Vera, Vera and Step. Oh, because they're gonna they're gonna cook me something I'm gonna really enjoy. Yeah, and they that, do. They are like sort of gourmet cookish. Yeah, kind of they people, are. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. a brilliant decision. Food over the person. <laughs> yeah. well, that. it depends. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah, you could probably like slip into some Russian. Well, that's the thing. Language, we could talk. Yeah. I, we could talk about things, and they they're they're very glamorous. So it would it would mm -hmm. be kind of a glamorous evening, you know. Kind of fun. Oh that's man, I picture fun. them already from reading that book. Your book, uh, they'll probably make a movie out of it. That would be a good one to make a movie. Yeah, out. you know, one thing we didn't get to, but for for your future readers who are going to listen to this podcast, your characters are so beautifully developed, and you just get such a sense of them. Um, and it makes you just want to root for them or against them in some cases. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, find okay, out so, what the what the problem is. Okay. Yeah. So, so our listeners way. are going to want to know more about you. What's the best way to reach out and learn about you? Uh, okay. So I'm. Uh, I have a website. It's ameliannamark.com forward slash author, and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's my name, which is there's only. You're not gonna. You're not gonna find anybody else with that name. So you no. just put my name in. Yeah. So you just put my name in, and I'm there. Sounds great. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, you know, this has been fun, and we we had we still I still have a little bit left, so we can do a yeah. cheers. Cheers to you. Thank you so much for visiting us. I know. Thank you so much. This was great.
Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.